Hi, tribe. I'm Rosavia. And I'm Evelyn. And you're listening to Objectively Typed, a podcast where we explore the objective personality system. Today, we'll continue discussing our baseline definitions of all the coins. Last week, we left off with the uh, functions and how they come together with SF versus NT, ST versus NF. And today, we're going to pick up with um, the functions in combination with their introverted or extroverted charge. So, Evelyn, do you want to kick us off? Let's uh, let's start with the FITE coin. What is that exactly? Okay, yeah, sure. I'll start that off. So, FI. So, we're starting with the decider functions um, F and T. So, the FITE coin is um, FI represents introverted feeling, which prioritizes their personal values first, then seeks the spectrum of the tribe's reasons, and so it's introverted as in personal. Um, the individual feelings and and feelings if you recall last time dealt with values um emotions to a certain extent but it's essentially your values what you like what you don't like and in a personal way that's what the introverted feeling is and then extroverted thinking which is a coin with introverted feeling prioritizes the spectrum of the tribe's reasons and then seeks their personal values. So extroverted thinking is thinking, which is reasons, but on the extroverted spectrum, which is the, the wider, um, we say the tribe, but it's the, the wider spectrum of reasons. So it's not just a personal reason, it's a wider spectrum, extroverted thinking. And so if you've got extroverted thinking anywhere in your stack, you're going to have introverted feeling to kind of balance that out. So your feelings are going to be introverted and your, your reasons are going to be the extroverted side. So do you want to pause here and talk about that coin for a little bit? Or? Yeah, um, this is actually something that I just realized kind of this morning as I was thinking about it is that there seems to be this flavor of like... For somebody who has the FITE axis versus, you know, the TIFE axis, For somebody who has the FITE axis, which is both you and I, where we both yes. have introverted feeling and extroverted thinking in our stack. Yes, we do. Um, it, there is this sentiment of like the values are mine and they're personal and they are something that I can choose to share or not share versus the reasons are like communally owned. Um so they like it's not something like I don't mind sharing my reasons it's not something I ever pause but sharing my values or my emotions or anything of those value like of that realm um there is the sentiment of I need to trust you before I choose to share this with you yes it's very personal yes um and, and that's not to say that those of you know those people who are on the the next spectrum that we're going to that, that we'll talk about TIFE. It's not to say that they don't have personal feelings. You know, we're all human, but it's more sort of where that charge is for you and where that priority is for you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, as you said, I'm also on the FITE spectrum, um, although reversed, where the TE is my savior and the FI is my demon. And so a lot of times when my FI comes out, it is in this kind of like demon state. Um, if I'm not careful, I've learned, I'm learning how to balance my FI and use it a little bit more intentionally. But in the past, like when I was younger, a lot of times that FI comes out in this demon state of like, these are my feelings. Um, and, I, and it's feminine, so that's movable. And I know that can be frustrating for people because I'll get really passionate about something. And then the next day, I'm really passionate about something else. Um, 
Yeah. And so yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the modalities as we get down to it, but that's kind of an overview of FI and TE. Yeah, and there's and the way that they show themselves, like you pointed out, is is quite different whether um depending on which one is your savior and which one is your demon and if uh time allowing i think it would be worthwhile to revisit saviors and demons at the end um right because we kind of introduced it in the beginning but then also after all of this information dump maybe talk about it a little bit at the end um i also kind of i think in the past week my understanding of saviors and demons maybe uh locked down a little more getting a little closer to understanding them deeply right so then ti and fe that's the other decider axis so if you don't have fi personal values and tribal reasons te then the other axis is personal reasons ti and tribal values fe yeah so the the ti user or ti i'll say I think this shows up most with TI saviors is that they prioritize their personal reasons first, then seek the spectrum of the tribe's values. Um, You know, TI and FE, given that these are functions that I don't have, I'm still trying to gain a better understanding of it. I think I have right now just sort of the the book understanding, if you will, and not, yeah, I don't own it fully. Um, But what I've kind of observed with TI users is they, the re like their reasons are very personal for them i have a friend who i suspect is is fe lead and so her ti is kind of that that demon for her and i noticed that when she wants to talk about her personal reasons for a thing she really starts to hesitate because again like we were saying they're personal for her you know for me the reasons i'll throw out some reasons and and i even have you know a fairly strong te but if someone says, well, I don't know about that reason, I, I'll play with that. I'll say, OK, well, let's talk about the different reasons. What could it be? You know, let's deal with that because I'm looking at reasons on a spectrum. Whereas for her, she's like, no, these are my reasons. And I they're very personal, you know, um, and that's what I find very interesting about the TI users. Um, and then the opposite side of that is FE, which is extroverted feeling. Um, extroverted feeling, again, it's the values um, for the spectrum. So the wider um the wider range of values as opposed to your own personal values and feelings and that shows up a lot of times as caring about the the larger spectrum of the tribe and the community um in a very i was going to say personal way but it's 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 like a, in a savior state kind of way like that, that it puts the values of the tribe up on a pedestal if you will yeah um, and, and just to kind of reiterate uh, or to bring back what we talked about last week is that um, the other way that like just reasons and values interact is that like reasons is like putting the pieces together and does this work and values is is this important. So um, somebody who's on the TIFE axis, they'll always be looking at is this important for the tribe and then does it work for me? Or, or does it work for me? And then is it important for the tribe, depending on which one they have as a savior? But that's yes. always what they're looking for versus somebody on the FITE axis, like you and I, we're always looking for, is this important to me? And does it work for the tribe? Right. That Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. That's what I was, I was, my brain was trying to find that again and couldn't find it. So <laughs> um, I know that I remember I had revisited the, um, the class some time ago where Shannon was talking about TE versus FE and that was that was the big 
difference, if you will, is that TE is kind of banging the blocks together, whereas FE is asking, well, which block is more important than the other? Like, not only does it work, but is it valuable? Yeah. Is it something that we should be prioritizing? Um, so, yeah. Anything else on the deciders? Um, yeah. The other thing that I think was um, interesting, and I'm still, a part of me is still pickling on this, um, but uh, I think Dave and Shannon mentioned this in a recent class was um, how people who have kind of savior tribe tend to be more of a they're constantly feeling out what is going on with the tribe. So someone yes. who has savior FE is constantly looking at um, what like they're gauging the values of the room all the time and they're kind of matching them. And yes. somebody who has uh, Savior TE is constantly gauging the reasons of the room and matching it. So, yeah, ahead. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually had a I had a Savior Tribe um, moment this past week. I went for a jog with a friend of mine, and she is a very hardcore, um, you know, person in general, like physical activities and stuff. And I'm kind of getting back into things after having a kid a year ago, and. And it was just the two of us and we're going on a run and I ran longer and harder than I've run in the past, definitely in the past year, maybe in the past like five years. And it was because like as a tribe above self person, I was like, well, this is what the tribe's doing. I'm going to just keep pushing myself to keep up with this person because I couldn't possibly just say like, oh, no, let's stop. Let's slow down because I don't feel comfortable. Uh, whereas I, I feel like if I was a little bit stronger in myself versus tribe, I would have like at least tried to slow her down but instead it was it was very I felt I felt very much that sort of pull of the tribe that they were talking about about how uh the way that that Dave uh talks about it which I thought was pretty hilarious was how uh cold-blooded um animals like lizards and the like their core temperature is completely dictated by their external environment yeah <laughs> um because he said he called Shannon cold-blooded not yeah, in that the was sense great. of cruel <laughs> But in the sense of you're influenced by your environment, I'm like, yeah, I completely understand what he's saying. Like, I didn't have like an internal barometer for my core body temperature that would say, no, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm just going to go along. It's like peer pressure really affects us, basically. It is a, yes. It's like a mini version of peer pressure and that's always operating. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like... Um, you and I have talked about this before. Um, so Dave and Shannon tend to think that um, the observer functions, particularly the the organizers, the SI and the NI, which we haven't gotten to, we'll get to in a minute, um, yeah. are responsible for um, kind of, I guess, Dis discipline and discipline. consistency. Yeah. Um, right. Whereas you and I tend to disagree with that. And we, like, you brought this up initially, and I'm definitely on board with it, that it tends to be a tribe thing. It's, um, like, whatever your tribal deci decider is, that's the one that's responsible. And I think in large part because of that, I mean, peer pressure, but in a positive way where it's like, I have made this commitment or whatever it is, there is a mm -hmm. tribe, there's somebody out there who's relying on me, therefore I must act, rather than, oh, I don't feel like it. Yeah, it's an obligation to yes. the tribe, right? Yes. We feel obligated to the tribe and that that then drives us to keep a routine. Like if I if I promise to do a thing, if I promise to go 
to karate practice, you know, three times a week, I will go because I've committed to that. And even me as a double decider, because a lot of times this is one of the struggles I get into as a double decider, because my FI, I'm very much aware of it. And so sometimes I don't want to do stuff, but that save your tribe comes in and I just go, I go ahead and there's always this like struggle between the two deciders in the middle of one's wanting to not do something. And then the other one does want to do the thing because of the obligation to the tribe um so yeah i think i think that stereotype of the eps being kind of flaky and the like is because the myers-briggs enfps and esfps and so forth have an introverted uh second function yeah and an introverted savior so you know so i'm an enfp jumper in that i'm n-e-t-e a standard enfp is going to be n-e-f-i so they're going to be more driven by their FI than I'm going to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, they might be more flaky as a result. And, and that's very <laughs> and much me. I say that me. with love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but also because I have that double deciding going on um, when I very often, I like when I do feel, I, I've learned how to rig my situation because I know I won't do something if I don't feel like it unless I have made, I have made a commitment and like, right. because one of my personal values is, um, you know, to honor my word so that mm-hmm. if I actually tell someone I will do it, then like, for example, tomorrow I um, have this hiking trip with some coworkers and I volunteer to drive and I'm totally not in the mood to do this. But there are people <laughs> depending on me and I've given my word, so I'm going to do it. So I'm, I'm using like I've rigged it so that I'm using the tribe to uh, to do what was something that is in line with my FI, which is with like, your FI. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the interesting thing about the internal or the introverted deciders, the FI and the TI is it depends on sort of what's in what is part of their FI or their TI. You know, you could be somebody who's lead FI and you might do a lot for the tribe because that your family or whatever is a personal value of yours. Like if you have a personal value that you want to be a good father or something like that, you're going to act on that. And so it may look an awful lot like, well, wow, that person does a lot for the tribe. But when you stop and think about it or when you really observe, you know, why are they doing that? It's because of their internal barometer, you know, and, yeah. And that's exactly when um, Dave and Shannon sent me my typing video. That's exactly what they talked about there is that um, so I, I met them at a meetup a couple of months ago and they mentioned like the, Shannon made one or two comments like, wow, you're doing an awful lot of things for the tribe. Um, right. And so at the time that like further like led me to believe I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm T.E. over F.I. Um, but then when the video came back, it's like, well, why are you doing that? And you're doing it because taking care of the tribe is one of your values. One of your values. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and, and that's also a really great way. Like if you're struggling with your demons and Dave and Shannon talk about this in their videos, the YouTube ones, as well as in the class, is that the way to like convince to, to get better at your demons is to use your saviors to respect your demons. Right? That's right. So if get you, your saviors on board. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so okay. I think for deciders, is there anything else you want to add or do you want to move on to observers? Nope. Nope. We can move on. 
I'll huh. take it. I'll take the next one. So observers, um, starting with the S-I-N-E axis, so introverted sensing, S-I, uh, answers are found by going over known facts first and then gathering in new concepts later. And extroverted intuition, which is the other side of that coin, N-E, answers are found by gathering in new concepts and then organizing the known facts later. So... S-I-N-E, the the introverted sensing attaches the human need of control because I guess we didn't talk about the human needs much in the decider portion, but I'll bring I'll bring them back in here. Um, It attaches the need for control to the sensory. Um, So known facts, it, it kind of a narrow focus on the sensory and then balances that with a wider the human need of gathering to the intuition or the abstract ideas. Um, the way I've heard NE described is like connecting the dots and the way that I sort of visualize it is that those SI little chunks of data, if you will, are the dots that then NE connects in an abstract way to see an overall pattern. Any, you want to talk about SI, NE, or just move on to the next one? Um, that's one. So in, in this case, that's where you and I differ. So you have SI and E in your stack, whereas I have n-i-s-e in my stack so i still um i think i have a good understanding of si because some of the closest in my people in my life have savior si but n-e is something that's still very like well i guess my brothers both have savior n-e that's fun to watch (laughs) yeah it's very like oh there's this and there's this and there's this yeah i just like i joke i mean I have lead any, so I feel like I can say this, but I feel like it's the ADHD function. It is. And it's kind of known that way in Myers-Briggs. Yeah. And, and I can relate to that. It, it can be very difficult to sort of stay on one topic um, because our minds are constantly thinking of all these other connections. Like, it, it's like you, you say one thing and my mind will think of like 10 things that are related to that one thing. <laughs> um, and I think, again, once we get down to the modalities, we'll talk a little bit more about this. But I think because my NE is feminine, I, I'm i more able to kind of straighten it back up and stay on topic. Whereas I think if someone had lead NE masculine, they might go down every single one of those punny trails. And I, I think that the modalities make a big difference on how that actually shows up hmm. to a person. Yeah, that would be interesting to look at. Yeah. Um, I also think like, so th- that's not to say that somebody who doesn't have an E in their stack doesn't go, oh, like doesn't go on all of these like tangents, right? Because they do. Right. Um, yeah, they do. It's just that everybody does everything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the way that it shows itself is different. And also that's not to say that because somebody has ADHD that that means they have savior on E because that's definitely not the case. Like, no, uh, it's definitely The class not. on Jessica McCabe is a great example of that where you'd think she has like savior and E, but she had savior SI? SI. Yeah. Yeah. She had SI. Yep. Yeah. Well, she had, um, she was an EJ. So her top savior was FE. Yeah. F-E-S-I. And her FESI. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she was a uh, double observer, so a little bit more balanced between the SI and the NE, but she did have NE in there. You know, the other example of NE in the class is Weird Al um, mm-hmm. and how he will come up all, you know, with these. He had savior NE yeah, in that also case. Yeah, also Anna Kendrick, and she has masculine NE. And oh, right, she you can see yep. it in her humor, in mm-hmm. kind of like how like punchy her humor is. It just kind of sometimes yep. really goes at it. Yeah, I think I think they said that any is kind of the the humor, the the comedy. Yeah, um, 
and sometimes I jokingly say, you know, we're the trolls because we're we'll think of somebody will post something on Facebook and we'll think of all the funny gifts that we can then attach to that thing <laughs> because our, our brains are like constantly doing that. And so I've, you know, I've learned how to like rein that in and not do that all the time to people. But <laughs> it's a weapon I have, if you will. <laughs> Uh, so then the other axis, the other observer axis is NI versus SE. So in the N versus S game, that's, you know, intuition or savior. And in this case, your intuition is attached to organizing it. So answers are found by going over known concepts, um, abstract ideas, and then gathering in new facts versus SE, which is uh, where your sensory is attached to gathering and answers are found by gathering in new facts and then organizing them into known concepts later. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the NISE axis, which is interesting because I was seeing my SE and double activated NI, and I used to think I was Savior NE, and now I realize I don't understand NE at all relative to <laughs> SE and NI. But there's very much this like NI likes to, you were saying this, I think we were chatting earlier. Um, yep fill in the blanks right um and se just wants to go and gather all of the gather all of the sensory information so all of the facts so like i am lead se and the first thing that i do and lead consume and the first thing that i do is i will go and find out okay well what's going on like what are the facts right right go google things go ask people questions go find my answers in that way and then Based on those facts, I will go and I'll, like, put it together in a single unifying theory of life, the universe, and everything in a very (laughs) NI kind of way. (laughs) Right. It's that unifying theory, I think, is... Is, is the goal of NI, if you will. Yeah. I usually don't like to talk about the observers having a goal, but in, in the context of OP, they kind of do um, because NI is attached to that human need for control. So it wants to take abstract concepts and control them and have a unified theory. You know, that's what it's going for. Yes. Um, and SE is saying, I want to gather the sensory so I can fill in those blanks of my unified theory. Yes. Um the way that they've described masculine NI is like a train track of like, it knows it's a clear vision of where it's going. It's and it's and headed it's that way. It's not going to get derailed. It's, it's not going to get derailed. Whereas feminine NI might, it's like a river that's going to go through a, you know, a valley or something like that to a, to a source, to a, a lake or something. But it'll, it'll, it's, it'll get its way there, but it'll be a little bit more movable. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll pivot and change in whatever way it needs to in, response to the masculine sensory information right. because the sensory that, that information well we haven't talked about modalities but yeah <laughs> i know i almost feel like we should have started from the bottom there sh- yeah because the modalities are like i think the modalities of everything here are still the most fascinating and powerful part of ops for me because yeah. they do you want to just go everything. down do you just want to talk modalities real quick and then circle back to the animals then yeah let's do that i think that's a good yeah. idea so yeah. what are the modalities yeah, so <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to tee this up because I'll say from the so the larger view is you've got sort of the feminine side of things, which is more movable, changeable, and and this is not unique to OPS. You know, um, I, I've heard this before in other contexts. I mean, uh, the, so, these are established definitions of feminine and masculine gen- exactly. as as like as words as gender as, words. as archetypes. Yeah, yeah, as archetypes. So the, it's not that a woman 
necessarily falls under the feminine modality in fact i've got double masculine so do i um yeah and then you know it's not like a man necessarily is masculine but the feminine is movable the masculine is sort of the more solid the more immovable punchy um, punchy yeah a little bit more shovey the, the masculine will assert itself onto the environment whereas the feminine responds to the environment is the way i kind of look at yeah, it yeah i think that's a good way of explaining it yeah and so ops tracks the ex the extroverted decider and the sensory and why they did that i think they just observed it i don't know why they picked the extroverted decider so before we jump into that although um i think they mentioned yeah. once that uh the reason they went with that is because it's easy to see okay. um yeah. so each yeah. so a person has four functions in their stack right um mm-hmm. they might be on the n-i-s-e axis or the s-i-n-e axis for the observers and then they might be on the f-i-t-e axis or the t-i-f-e axis for the deciders deciders so yeah. whatever their the functions in their stack are each function has a um they call them sexuals attached to it so um if you have for example you and i both have f-i-t-e and for both of us our f-i is feminine and our t-e is masculine so Correct, regardless yeah. of where in the stack those functions are the t-e the tribe will be immovable and the self will kind of respond to it Yes. Or vice yes. versa. So that's kind of how yep. the modalities, the sexuals, like, uh, so not not the modalities. The modalities are something else. So those are the sexuals. Yeah. Those are the sexuals. That's how the sexuals work. Yeah. And then, and then the, yeah, they're also saying. attached to the, well, they're also attached to the sensory just to kind of, because um, I think you were talking the deciders there. And then they also attach a sexual energy to the sensory as opposed to your intuition. So when you see somebody's OP type, you'll see like m m n e t e play consume blast sleep last something like that just you know pulling that one out of yeah just random (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh the first m is the sensory so you know that means masculine sensory if it was an f if it was fm that'd be feminine sensory and then the second letter is going to be your extroverted decider so double masculine means i've got masculine sensory and a masculine extroverted decider so that's th- those are like in terms of decoding the OPS type, that's right. how that's decoded. But even though those letters are pointing at only two of the functions, um, th- the opposite of that is that, you know, if you have masculine sensory, that means you have feminine intuition. And it doesn't yes. matter whether your sensory is introverted or extroverted. If your sensory is masculine, your sensory is masculine. Like that's what that first yeah. letter that's what that means yeah Yeah, so in my you know in my case the type that I rattled off was my own um I even though it says mm my top top savior is actually feminine right I've got feminine and e as my lead um and then masculine te is my second savior so I actually lead with a feminine function interesting yeah and I'm the which is kind of yeah um and then these come to so the reason that they um so they the reason that these come together and why they chose the sensory and the tribe, because they started noticing that there's uh, patterns in those things. So the four different com- uh, ways that those can combine is FF, so feminine sensory and feminine tribe. Then FM, that's feminine sensory and masculine tribe. Then MF, masculine sensory, feminine tribe. And double masculine, which is masculine sensory and masculine tribe. 
right. then they notice that those combinations come together to create the modalities. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, what's interesting about that is they actually map on to what were known as existing modalities, yes, yes. right? Yes, there's the, a lot the of learning. Research, existing research on modalities. Yeah, right. And so I was just um, looking back at this because I, I do mess this up a lot. Um, so the double feminines are the testers. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and then, uh, um, so double masculine is, so there's kind of a coin there too. So you get the FF, double feminine is the tester modality. And then the double masculine, which is kind of the opposite side of that coin, is the kinesthetic modality. And the kinesthetic modality is very much about, it's hard to describe even though I have it, but it's very much, it, it exerts, it's, in my mind, it's learning by doing is, is the way that I've always thought about this. And I even before I found um, OPS, I knew I was a kinesthetic learner. Like I even told them. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm kinesthetic because I've done this before. And it's it's that kinesthetic learning modality, learning by doing, exerting myself onto the environment in order to learn more about it. Whereas a tester, which is the kind of the opposite of that, the environment moves that person. Um, they're more influenced by their environment, less asserting themselves on it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's... I, I have thoughts on that, but I want to pause those so that we can tell people sure. about visual and audio. So, yeah, so you that's take the, visual and audio. <laughs> those are the the um, the FF, uh, the double feminine and the double masculine. So the, that's you know the tester and the kinesthetic. And then the other side of it is, um, the visual versus audio. So the visuals are FMs, so feminine sensory masculine tribe, that would be Shannon, and the audios are MFs, masculine sensory. And uh, feminine tribe, and that would be Dave. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that those are probably a lot easier to understand than kinesthetic versus tester because yes. it's kind of like the audios. Like one of my roommates and a close friend of mine, she's audio, and um, like she'll sit next to someone, and that person will like, I don't know, like burp or something like that, and it just huge disruption (laughs) of her environment whereas I don't even notice it right Right. because there's like all of like it it's it just screws with how they're interacting with the world if there's an audio um response to it like if that makes any sense and visual is similar except for visual things um so things like need to visually come together in the right way or if some if someone's like flashes something in your eye I think that's the example that Dave and Shannon gave like you're interfering with how they take in that information and how they kind of like almost code it I guess that's how I think of my kinesthetic modalities um yeah yeah whereas the visuals they tend to I, at least I under, my understanding, again, it's not my modality, but they tend to visualize things an awful lot. Like, they're good at that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, like, visual details and things like that. Yeah. Right. Right. So the sexuals and the modalities influence the type in OP quite a bit. And it, it really changes. Yeah, tremendously. It really changes the way um, a given type will show up. And I, I kind of think that the sexuals especially, sexuals and then we're going to talk about the animals, yeah. Are are why OPS looks so different? Why an ENFP has thirty two different ENFPs? You know, yeah. um, bec- and and that and I think that's why Myers Briggs like doesn't work for a bunch of us is because it doesn't take into account all of this side of things. So yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I also just, uh, before we move on to the animals, I do want to mention about the, so I didn't understand the kinesthetic modality for quite a while until mm-hmm. they, um, it was, I think, a little before we typed M&M. Um, and the kinesthetic modality has a very relational memory, if that makes sense. Like, I yes. might not know what I did a month ago, but I can deduce what I did a month ago because, oh, that was September. It was kind of the middle of September. What was going on in my life? Oh, I remember that this thing happened then and this thing happened then. Therefore, I can figure out that this thing happened. It's like... Yeah, I think... Yeah. I think that's also um, masculine sensory in general. Yeah. I'm not sure... Because what is it? I have to always remember. Yeah, kinesthetic kin- Kinesthetics audio. and audios. Yeah. yeah, kinesthetic and audio both have that, that encoding the memory... <clears throat> in that very relational way um and but i absolutely know exactly what you're talking about in the m&m class they the the thing that really stuck out for me with him was when he said oh yeah i know i wrote that down i don't remember what it said but i remember it was on the left side of the paper <laughs> yes, like, yes yes that is masculine sensory yeah that is masculine that's sensory. definitely how much i how i recall information yeah um, even just the physical act of writing a thing down helps me encode the memory. Yes. Even if I never read it again, and I just will write stuff down. <laughs> because I'm an, uh, a gatherer, I usually don't ever read it again, but I take me too. copious notes. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Same. And then the other same, thing same. I wanted to mention before we move on from the sexuals and modalities, is this is something that you and I have noticed. Um, and not sure if it tracks beyond us, but so far it seems to, is that there are seems to be an exponential effect with the modalities that um, even though it's um, you have the masculine sensory for us, for example, you have the masculine sensory and the masculine tribe and those are separate. Um, They come together and it almost feels like the masculinity of our sensory and of our tribe is like amplified because it's a double masculine. And I um, seem to, see a similar thing for the double feminines as well it's like they're whatever the double feminines are whatever their masculine functions are they're like extra strong yeah 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 i think it, it's kind of similar to double deciding and double observing kind of thing that if you have yeah. a foot in each one you can kind of balance them but if we're going all in on masculine we're putting all of our weight on that side i think that's part of the you know oh, the amplifying effect that you're talking about oh that's yeah. such an excellent point i'm gonna have to <laughs> look into it just that N- it just ne came to me i love it <laughs> as you were talking <laughs> i just made a connection um uh, okay and so then let's jump into the animals so this is for myself this was the part of ops i'm like what the fuck is an animal <laughs> right yeah and they, they came up with it, I guess, from watching it, just animal documentaries and stuff Yeah, like that, I thought that know? was really nice. They noticed that uh, all these monkeys, they just seemed to be doing one of four things. And they were yep. either gather, uh, consuming, uh, blasting, sleeping, or playing. Yep. And I, I would say, I mean, they call them the animals, but the, I think children do this too. Like if you watch little kids... It's a very similar thing. I've got two little kids, and you can see the you can see the four animals playing out. Um, My niece, so she just needs to touch everything. She needs to try everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, 
yeah, we, that might be another topic is typing our friends and family <laughs> because already with the little kids and I've got little kids, I'm already seeing differences between the two of them yeah, and it's really interesting to watch. But yeah, so let's talk about the animals. I'll start with the energy animals, sleep and play. So sleep. Um, now, oh, I, I should also say as we get into this, I personally struggled with the terms for a long time, especially sleep and play because they have meanings outside of OPS. Yeah. Like sleep is sleeping. Um, but in the context of OP, sleep is taking your introverted decider and adding your introverted observer. So it's processing and preserving energy for the self before expending energy for the tribe. So it's going over your known information, OI, for the purpose of yourself, DI. That's so, sleep. Quick interjection. Um, yeah. I don't think so. We've talked about, for example, FI or TI. Uh, when you don't oh, care right. whether it's, uh, you know, you're talking about values or reasons, uh, we just call it DI, as in like your introverted decider, whichever your introverted decider is. And then right. um, your introverted observer would be OI. That's another shorthand for it. And then the other right. side of it is your extroverted decider would be DE, or your extroverted observer would be OE. Yep, yep. Yep. Good point. So the opposite of sleep is play, which is expending energy for the tribe. So it's gathering in extra. So gathering in a new information, extroverted observer, plus the tribe, extroverted decider. So play is D-E plus O-E. Sleep is D-I plus O-I. Now, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think this is a great place where you and I compliment each other because you're savior yeah. play and I'm savior sleep. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to say is that I have play first and sleep last. Um, and I actually, it was funny before getting my type. Uh, that's right. You thought you were play first before getting your type, right? Yeah, I thought I was or your type. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I I thought for sure I was not sleep last. And, and actually, Shannon didn't think I was sleep last. Um, she said in my typing video that she learned something by watching my video and by kind of processing my material because she realized how much she was relying on anecdotal evidence of like stopping and preserving because I do a lot of that. I do stop and preserve. So she, she saw a lot of that anecdotally, but the reason why I came back sleep last is because I will literally do all of these other animals before getting to doing my sleep work, that internal processing. Um, for me, it doesn't come naturally. It's not something I will just do. I have to kind of force myself to do it. And, you know, thankfully for me, I learned it at an early age about the value of that. So I got into it. Um, but I mean, I have found that in my life, you know, when things get hectic, when things start to happen, the first thing that drops off is my sleep processing. My processing information for myself is the first thing that'll get dropped. Um, and it's unhealthy. And it's something that I'm trying very diligently. So that was like my homework when I got my type was you need to work on this. Um, yeah. So yeah. sleep and, it, and play are, are good. I, lo I love those animals. I love the animals. Go ahead. Um, I, I think this is a good, well, a couple of points to, uh, to bring up. So Dave and Shannon orig originally talked about your missing animal as your, your last one as your missing animal. And then they intentionally changed their language to be last animal. Because like right. you said, you your sleep is last. And for me, actually, play is last. But for people who have those animals last, we do it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so th there's uh, they also talk about how, well, we'll get to this in a minute. Um, 
about yeah. the animals and God. So remind me. Um, sure. Yeah, I knew. I know exactly where you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. So um, sleep and play are the energy animals. Yes. So um, like yeah. the other axes, like F I T E, it's an axis. So if you have one as a savior, by definition, the other one has to be a demon. Right. Um, yeah. So so that's the energy axis, the energy coins, and then the other one is uh, consume and blast. Yep. So consume and blast are the are the information animals. So do you want to take those since I did the energy? Yeah. Uh, so consume will gather information. It will OE for the self, for your DI. So that's what all consume is. Whatever um, your OE is in your stack and whatever your DI is in your stack, um, it comes together to create your consume animal, which is um, my lead animal and uh, also your savior animal, your second one. That's right. Yep. Um, and then the other side of consuming. So if you're not taking in information for yourself, then you are taking your organized information, your OI, and blasting it at the tribe to the DE. So that's what blast yep. is. So that's yep. sharing, teaching, like disseminating information, so to speak, information that you've already organized. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was Raja in the group um, differentiated play and blast by saying blast is like teaching a class from the front of the room. You know, getting up, standing up, teaching a class. Where play is more about like a roundtable discussion. Like you're taking in information from the tribe, you're taking in new, and you're sharing with the tribe. So play and blast are the two sort of extroverted animals because that's another coin too on the animals. Right. Uh, play and blast are the extroverted ones. They're more because they both have an extroverted decider involved. Yeah. Whereas sleep and consume are the introverted animals because you're you're for consume, you're gathering in the new information, but you're only doing it for yourself. You're not sharing it. You're you're gathering it in for yourself. And sleep, you're going over known information again for yourself in an introverted fashion. So So animals yeah. are like you have the functions which are processes, but then how you actually use those functions is the animals. They're always you're always using your functions in combination with another one because your observers are just that you're just observing, while your deciders are how you act upon the world. Um, yeah, yeah, I, and at the risk of perhaps uh, praising them too much, I do think that this was a big breakthrough that they came with <laughs> yeah. um, because, uh, you know, the stack of the functions, I think it's called the grant stack. Um, Versavia and I, neither of us are Jungian scholars yeah. or anything, right? Like we're not, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that stack of your introverted decider, extroverted observer, you know, um, you know, down the four functions, if you will, um, that was well known prior to Dave and Shannon coming out like that that's all that's if you go to personality hacker maybe anywhere, even older yeah it is older yeah I think so um because Myers-Briggs kind of mapped on top of it but yeah. when they did this wiring of the functions together with the animals it really opened up a lot of new explanations of why people behave differently you know within the context of personality typology if you will but that was where it was like, oh, okay, now we can start talking about, okay, this is why this ENFP is going to look different from that ENFP and so forth. Um, right. So we spent like all of last week talking about um, the functions and what they are, but the real like intricacy is complexity. And in my opinion, like the the bread and butter like the the most amazing part of all of this is the animals and the modalities because right. those in combinations create 
very, very different effects. Like play for somebody who has N- play with N-E versus somebody who has play with S-E is going to look very different. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's it's almost like you had the parts and it's like having a a a mechanical thing that's got all the parts, but the animals wire it up and then you put the modalities and the sexuals in there and it's like giving power to the system. And now you can understand like, oh, this is how this machine starts to actually work in reality, not just these cold, dead pieces and parts, yeah. and, you know, the functions. And it's, um, there are so many yeah. coins that it all expands into 512 types and there's no way to know 512 types in any kind of intimate manner. But it's interesting because when, when, uh, they were talking about it was Jimmy Fallon and Freddie Prince Jr. who are apparently hmm. the same type uh, of the 512. And there was like there's a couple interviews and even like the audience is recognizing like what's going on here. Something weird is going on because it's unlikely to interact with right. somebody of your exact type. Right. Right. And that's well. Where, and uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. We'll finish your thought. Yeah. I was just going to say that's where the beauty of all of this is for for myself. That's because of that complexity and yet at the same time there's there's a formula there like I'm loving it (laughs) yeah me too well yeah I was kind of going to go a similar similar place because what it what is done for me is because there's all these these parts and the way they connect is really where the the meat comes out you can start to sort of relate to different parts or different pieces whereas you know under the Myers-Briggs model there's 16 types and it's like okay you get your result like I got my result as ESTJ I went over to the ESTJ group and I'm like I don't I don't know if I fit in with some of these people like some of these people yes some of these people no but when you're in the OPS group you know somebody will say a thing that's like oh yeah that's a lead play thing I have lead play too I can relate to that part of it you know or you're an NT and I'm an NT and I can relate to that part of it and so you it starts to make sense in in the pieces and then the sum becomes greater than the parts really Mm. is the way I've seen the aggregate is greater than just the individual pieces and parts yeah yeah and then there's um just to finish off the animals there is this um uh the way that they combine so like sleep and play the energy animals one is the savior the other is a demon right and that's going to combine with one of the information animals which is going to be their consumer blast so they've noticed that like for example somebody is either uh, like somebody whose savior is sleep consume, consume sleep, which happens to be me, um, mm-hmm. has like a deep inner world of taking in information and processing. Um, right. And they have like a very specific kind of a trend to them. And then right. the opposite of that would be somebody who's play blast, right? Uh, who has play blast as a savior. They expend energy and they share knowledge. So they're always... Mm-hmm. Um, going out and so play blast will have consume sleep as demons right so there's that like flip and then the other yep. axis of that do you want to take that one because it's yours sure yeah it is mine <laughs> so the consume play or play consume tends to want to overgather and then want something to do with it and let, let me pause i'm gonna i want to pause well actually no i'm gonna keep going and then i want to talk about these two consume play versus blast sleep um, so the other side of consume play, the other side of that coin would be blast sleep or sleep blast. You know, it, it could be either way um, that those with blast and sleep as their saviors rework the same information and share knowledge. And what was an interest, another interesting insight from my own typing video was that even though I've got double um, two extroverted saviors, let's say, so I've got 
N-E and T-E. So I'm lead play. I'm play consume. I still tend to come off a little bit more introverted than somebody who's got like sleep blast. And this was one of the things they talked about as as an interesting combination that has to do with the animals and what their theories were. And we're still trying to understand this, like what's up with this? Because Shannon is another play consume person, um, but Dave is a sleep blast. And Dave comes off very much more extroverted than Shannon does. And what their theory is, is that the people who've got that sleep animal first and then they turn on an extroverted animal like blast or play, they aren't obligated to the tribe initially. They have kind of internal energy. And then when they go out to the tribe, they're coming from a completely internal force and just blasting out. (laughs) Whereas people with play consumed, for example, there's an obligation to the tribe. And so we kind of tend to slow down because we want to make sure that what we're doing is, you know, we're, we're taking, especially play. I'm taking in information from the external world from the tribe before I go into blast mode, before I, I push out to the tribe. So consume or play consumes, even though that on the, on the math of it, you would think, oh, that's probably a very extroverted person may not actually show up that way. It kind of, it's one of these strange things that comes out of the animals that I just wanted to touch on real quick. Cause that was like, oh, I haven't thought about that, <laughs> but there's a few of us play consumes out there and it seems to be a fairly consistent pattern. Yeah. Um, that, that's one area where I, my own experience doesn't track with what Dave and Shannon talk about a lot. Um, I'm consumed sleep. And so they have like nicknames for all of these in the same way that oh, they do right. like SF is popularity and T is nerdy. So the consumed sleeps, they call us the mopes. Um, and I theoretically should have like a very introverted energy to me. And um, I haven't found that to be true. Uh, maybe I'm not mm-hmm. seeing myself objectively and maybe everybody else is like, yeah, you're definitely a mope. And I'm just like, but, but, but. <laughs> well, I actually, I think just like we've seen them change their language around the animal being last or missing. I'm starting to, well, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw those nicknames change because I think that, you know, my typing video came through. There's a few of, there's a few of us play consumes out there that are not yippy skippy. So the nickname for mine, Play Consume or Consume Play, is Yippy Skippy in that we overgather and want to do something with it. But yet that that nickname doesn't, you know, does not work. track over. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, work. So but I think, that works for me a lot. I think yeah. that that's a good summary. <laughs> the Yippy Skippy. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Especially Jesus Christ, teenage me. Yippy Skippy <laughs> to a T. Um, right. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we could we could sit here and try to figure that one out. I think it has more to do with the consume animal, and and the sensory. If if you've got gather, s e, if you're gathering the sensory and you've got consume as a savior, you could end up in the yippy skippy situation where you're gathering, 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 gathering new facts, new data, new information for yourself, and then you want to go do something with it. Um, I think they've attached it to play consume because play consumes are double down are doubling down on that extroverted observer. Mm-hmm. And if it happens to be sensory, then you're gathering in a whole lot of sensory. And what are you going to do with all that? But in my case, I'm doubling down on a whole lot of intuition, which is an abstract thing. So I'm not necessarily yippy skippy with it. You yeah. Know? I also think a large part of it I um, has to do with the modalities because yeah, that too. my that too. I have play last 
and play is probably the most extroverted of the animals. Uh, but my play last is double masculine. My S-E and my T-E, they're both very masculine. Um, and so, uh, and this is kind of to bring it back to what we talked about before, um, playing, even though my play is last, is kind of where I have the like dashboard light on in terms of like, it feels like everything that I do is in service of play, even though it's the last one. Right. Like, what's right. the point of taking in any information if I'm never going to do anything with it? Um, mm-hmm. At least for myself, that's what it feels like. Um, and yeah. I think that's because my play is masculine. Very masculine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, my, and my play is uh, that mixed modality, right? It's FM. So... You know, maybe I'm a little bit more balanced there. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and which also brings me or makes me, you reminded me of the point of, as we were saying with the stack, you know, your animal stack too. And, and so in the case of the animals, what tends to happen, and I, I'm hedging a little bit because I think this isn't, I don't think this is like a for sure thing in the system yet, but the idea is that you will do your animals essentially in order. So I'm play, consume, blast, sleep, last, which means I will, you know, when when entering a new situation, like I just bought a mic, right? I come home, I immediately play with it. Like I just take it out of the box, start hooking things up. I just, the thing about play is we just throw stuff against the wall, see what works, right? We don't necessarily take in and for the self first. Uh, my husband, who's lead consume, wanted to pull out the instruction manual and kind of read it for himself before he actually did anything with it. That's what I Whereas was doing. I was like, <laughs> I was like hooking stuff up. Um, so that's there's my play. Then I did eventually pull out the the manual and and I started to sort of kind of okay understand and gather more sensory for myself or, and also just more information about this thing for myself. Um, so that was my consume coming in of like, I tested it out a little bit just for myself, just to kind of see what it would do. Um, and then now I'm blasting, I guess about it. Cause I'm telling you guys all about this situation. And so I don't know if I'll ever sleep on the mic, but you know, <laughs> that's kind of the order of my functions, you know, that that's kind of a general example, but that, that type of pattern does play out in my life. Like I see this at work, I'll get something and my reaction or my, my first instinct is to just go do something with it. I'm gonna go learn, I'm gonna go do something. And you know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but I just tend to roll with it because that's my first reaction. It's just, a, okay, I'm gonna go do something. Um, don't know if it's helpful or not. And maybe that's where the yippee skippy comes from. And, you know, you know I think um, I, I'm really glad that you brought this up because I think that this is um, I've noticed a very similar pattern for myself as well. So I will. The, so the end goal for myself, and I think this might be a case of, you know, using your saviors to respect your demons. The end goal for myself is definitely to play. But my so right. the order of my animals is consume, sleep, blast, play. Um, and I will the first thing that I do is I will go and gather all that information and and then I will sleep on it. And if for whatever reason I can't sleep, like something is preventing me from being able to like F-I-N-A put the pieces together to make to understand it in my N-I unifying theory. Um, right. Then I'll go back and I'll consume more and I'll consume more until I can consume sleep on it. Once I've done consume sleeping on it, then I'll go and take it to the tribe and be like, hey, tribe, here's this thing that I like. Hey, what do you all think? And then once I've blasted on it and shared it with the tribe, then I will play and I will do and I will make things happen. Right. Right. So that's right. like if in any one of those steps, for whatever ran- reason, I can't do that animal, 
I will go up one. So if I can't blast, I'll go back into consume sleep mode. So it's like this. Right. It's like four cycles, four circles, right? And you do right. the smallest one like all the time to the point where you don't even realize you're doing it. And then you yeah. slowly expand well, the- to that last one, which is what I consider the god. The ultimate mm-hmm. goal, because every well, and that's why they called them animal filters, and I think filters is a good is a good way to put it too, because you've got to do those filters, you got to filter through that information, and so in the end, the most pure thing is going to be that last animal, right? If you had a bunch of filters together and you're filtering water through it, the bottom is where the the pure water or whatever you're filtering is coming out. Mm. Um, so, you know, for me, that's sleep. And it's the same way. Like, I mean, I'm sitting downstairs. You can't see around me. But, like, I've got, like, the Buddha. I've got, like, beads and stuff. Because meditation was, like, I've got to do this. Like, if I'm going to sleep, I'm going to get some beads. I'm going to get a Zafu. I'm going to sit down and really do this. <laughs> um, and so that's how I found sleep was essentially getting into that you know a lot of meditation and things like that when I was a younger person and I and like I said as my life has gotten hectic kind of like you were saying like I've gotten stuck on the sort of the play consume in my case and I'm kind of play consuming and play consuming and play consuming but I've got to break out of that get through those filters and get down to my sleep again so yeah yeah I think that's a really good point there's one other thing about the animals that I just remembered so um, as we mentioned previously, originally Dave and Shannon talked about the last animal as the missing animal. And one of the reasons is because when you take a look at your first three animals and you count up which functions they hit, um, that will like, so for example, I'll use mine because I know it well. Um, my consume will hit my SE and my FI, and then my sleep will hit my FI and my NI. And then my blast will hit my N-I and T-E. So my N-I gets hit twice, even though it's a demon. And that's what um, we call like double activated, right? So whatever your stack is, if you add up your the functions of your first three animals, you'll have two animals that are double activated. I'm sorry, two functions that are double activated and two that are not. For some people, those double activated um, functions are their saviors. Sometimes it's your demon. Sometimes in my case, it's my actual last function, which is, um, Dave and Shannon call it a glass lizard because if you Google a glass lizard, it looks like a snake. So it looks and behaves like something other than what it is. But if you look at its very basic definition, it is still a lizard. So like I behave, uh, because of that double activated and I, there's, um, I don't behave like a typical ESFP, um, but if you look at the, if you actually get down into the coins and the definitions, then I am an ESFP. So that's when we yeah. talk about double activated, that's what we're talking about, which is probably easier if you can see it rather than just hear us describing it. Yeah, although I'm so glad that you brought it up because you dominate the sensory and so you did a great job there. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like if I had said it, I just said like, and there's bubbles and there's some lines. <laughs> yeah so I I, as you were talking I was bringing up mine too Um, and that is the again on paper I should be a crazy extrovert because I'm double activated double extrovert so I've doubled down on my external world Um, 
the person who's closest to me in their docs is Phil DeFranco. And they talked about that in his class where he's got this double activated exter- external world and then single ex- activated internal world. And that can lead to some pretty big swings. Um, yeah. For me, for me, it's that sleep demon. That sleep demon for me is a real is a real life issue, like like a health issue um, <laughs> to the point where. Number one, I wasn't surprised when Dave and Shannon, even though I didn't think I was I was sleep last. My husband totally did, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that when I explained to him the the animals. He was like, oh, you're missing sleep. That's the one (laughs) that's last for you. And I was like, no, no, no. Shannon says no. And then they came back with, oh, no, sorry. Sleep is definitely last for you. Um, And so a lot of my phone call with her was, "Okay, how can I get this back? Because not having that leads to some some bad demon swings for me you know, health wise and stuff. And the other thing um, I want to bring up because um, so you do double down on your extroverted functions. Um, I have an interesting, um, I think a huge part of my life's uh, problems and tidal waves come from the fact that my external world is masculine and my internal world is feminine. So my S E and T E are both masculine, even though they're double activated. One of them's a savior, the other's a demon, but then my F I and N I they're both double activated, but they're both feminine. And so huge part of my life struggles in an area I'm really trying to grow right now is um, strengthening those, especially my FI and learning how to draw boundaries when my FI wants something. Uh, But being able to kind of like, instead of constantly responding to the external world, being like, no, this is me and it's okay to be this. um, And I'm not going to move on this. Like that's a very challenging thing for me to work on right now yeah so yeah and that's you know that makes it difficult to type people like you too because that seeing those masculine functions really can stand out when you're trying to when you're sitting down trying to type somebody the masculine functions tend to really hit you in the face um so if you're not careful you might think that that's a person's savior uh, because it's so strong you know um which might have been why you thought you were an intuitive Right, because your intuition... Oh, no, your sensory is masculine, but it's double activated my on your intuition. S- my intuition is double activated. Yeah. Yeah, that's so what it was. Yeah. my SE is masculine and a savior, but it's only single activated, by, but my NI is double activated. So I was seeing that I gather, but I was also mm-hmm. seeing the intuition. So I thought I was an E, and now I'm like, right. I'm definitely not an E. <laughs> right, right. Right, so I think we've covered everything and... We've gone for another about an hour, I think. Um, so is yeah. there anything else we wanted to wrap up? Just definitions? This was a, a lot. <laughs> this was a lot. And there's a lot of things that like, um, I definitely think we should talk, but um, talk about in another episode. Um, like we mentioned this last week, like peacocking or tidal waves. Like what does that mean? Right. Or the functions right. that are not in our stack. Like you and I don't have F-E-T-I. So like, does that mean that we can't F-E-T-I? I know we'll talk about it, um, but we won't talk about that next week. Next week we are going to actually try typing Michelle Obama. Yay! Yay! So we're gonna <laughs> we haven't talked about Michelle at all. Um, nope. So we're going to just take this week, uh, gather as much information about her as we can, um, see what we see, and then we're gonna take next episode to kind of like come together and see what we um, saw similarly and what we didn't see similarly. And I think. Um, I think it would be fun if we kind of uh, 
because getting the exact one of the 512, it's going to take time for us to get there. Um, But maybe if we could start with something like uh, really putting in the time to make to like on the uh, maybe her temperament, like her human need. Okay. And see if we can. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Align on that one. So like Mm -hmm. maybe that'll be our first goal if we can get up to like 80, 90 percent agreement on people's human needs. Mm hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's a that's a good goal. (laughs) Yeah. So next week we'll talk about Michelle and then after Michelle we'll do another one of these episodes where we're not typing anyone. Um, And that will kind of be our pattern. Yep. Yep. I hope you guys enjoy the show and we'll uh, chat with you next week. Yep. See you next time. Thanks. Bye.